0: Afternoon, and welcome to the Girls Who Sell Spotlight podcast, where we talk about everything business-to-business sales. My name is Heidi Solomon-Orlick, and I am the founder and CEO of Girls Who Sell. At Girls Who Sell, we are not only committed to closing the gender gap in B2B sales, but to building the largest pipeline of diverse, early-stage female sales talent. We are more than a company. We are a movement. On today's episode, I'm super excited to introduce you to one of the most amazing women I know, Chantelle George. Chantelle is the founder of Sisters in Sales, the largest global organization for women of color in sales. Chantel is a senior enterprise account executive in tech, MarTech, and SaaS. She currently serves as a senior client partner in the tech and telecom vertical for Twitter. Finally, Chantelle is co author in our book, Heels to Deals How Women Are Dominating in Business to Business Sales. Chantelle, welcome to the spotlight and thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you for such a warm welcome and such nice words. I'm really excited to be here with you and to unpack some of the wins for women of color in sales and some of the trials and tribulations.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a uh, Great place to start. But before we jump into that, because there's a lot of a lot to unpack there. um, Why don't you just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into sales?
1: Sure. So um, I had the privilege and unique honor of being the daughter of a retired father. And he was on his Second life journey by the time I was born and decided to become an entrepreneur full-time. He was working for the city for 25 years as a, a building inspector. And when I came around, he had already had his retirement party and had hung that up and was thinking about buying homes, selling homes, and learning about all that it took to run a business. So I was his first employee. I learned how to write contracts. I learned how to Prospect with him, I you know got a very interesting um, viewpoint into business, and I just unknowingly attached myself to that. Um, throughout my academic life and career, I often thought I would do other things, like become a lawyer, or actually dabbled in entertainment and become a theater kid. All of those things, and there was still a void in me that I couldn't quite put my finger on. And um, when I had my first sales job, I still at the time was unsure if it were a career for me long-term, but I had become so comfortable in the space that it just one year led to 10. And now here I am.
0: And here you are, and you're influencing so many uh, women in the space and and the work that you're doing with sisters and sales is, is so important. So talk to me about, um, you know, how the organization developed and, and, you know, a little bit about what your goals and mission are for, for sisters in sales. Sure. So picking up from the
1: story, I'm in a sales role. I still am one foot in one foot out, you know, um, and it's year one and, and, Um, I'm one out of a handful of other women of color that exist um, at that job. And as I continue to kind of put my head down and and make my phone calls and close my business, I look up and a few years have passed. And now I'm one of the only ones left. And it's kind of felt like an episode of Survivor, you know? (laughs) Um, And that was the turning point for me because at that point I had more experience in this field that I didn't think I was going to be in than I thought. And I'm looking around for mentorship and guidance as to what's next. And the point that I'm discussing is that entry to mid-level slope or ramp, if you will, where that's the really critical point where you need someone to help guide your career and help provide you with mentorship when I didn't find any at the company and I didn't know how to find them externally because so many networking events were for non-saleswomen, there were tons for marketing, tons for HR, tons for communications, but nothing specifically for women in sales. So um, I went to my final marketing com- uh, event and on the taxi back home, I was like, I'm just going to create the space that I'm looking for. Like, I just can't keep trying to find the one salesperson in every networking happy hour after talking to 30 women that do a completely different career than what I'm looking for. Um, And so I had a dinner party and I invited at the time, I knew three or four um, women of color in sales and I asked them to bring a friend and it equated to 10. And that was all that I knew at the time. And um, I initially wanted to turn into like a focus group where Mm -hmm. I had a bunch of questions. I wanted to ask to see if I could validate this um, business. But I couldn't even get to the questions because they were talking to one another so much and sharing so much about each other. Then I was like, "Well, this is like magic happening in front of my eyes. Like this is—I can't interfere with the conversation going on. But at the same time, this is validation in and of itself. So um, we went from ten to our first event at Salesforce. I met someone at a, at a networking um, happy hour, and I said, "Hey, I'm, I'm building this and." Um, Her name is Amy Frank. She was the vice president of SMB at Salesforce at the time. And she said, well, I know it's new, but you can have your first real event here. And I did. And I thought it would probably be the the original 10 and maybe a couple more, but it was closer to 70 women. Wow. And then It just kept growing from there.
0: How many members do you have today?
1: Uh, Close to 5,000.
0: Wow. That is congratulations. That is absolutely incredible. Incredible, and I, you know it's it's so important because representation matter matters so much, right? And you know you do, you can't be what you what you can't see. I mean, and so um, especially for younger adults, right? Um, and that's that's the space that Girls Who Sell is actually you know kind of focused on right now too. Is working with high school and college age women because it's such a pivotal time in a woman's life. And, um, and sales just isn't being presented as a viable career choice at, at all. I agree. And,
1: you know, there is, um, specifically for women of color, there's data that proves are some of the fastest growing entrepreneurs. Nielsen put out a report on that a couple years ago. And so when I read that, and I thought about my own journey to this career via entrepreneurship. I mean, entrepreneurship validates that you're able to identify product market fit, have the right kinds of conversations, and sell something. Um, if there are so many women of color that are leading the entrepreneurship charge, that also means that they have the necessary skill sets to be sales executives at a many, 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 many companies. So there's a, a, a gap there that we're looking to close.
0: Yeah. And so what are you hearing from your members in terms of some of the biggest barriers that they're facing?
1: It's who you know. I mean, it's 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 nepotism. It's um, you know, wrecks coming out from jobs with a short list also at the same time. It's um scrutiny about their skill set and it's um, companies putting seasoned sellers into junior level roles—it's um, all of that. Um, and I think it is all, the lack of a sounding board will sometimes just break you down mentally. Like if if you're trying to get a job and you've got some sales skills and maybe it's in a different industry and and you have no one to talk to while you're applying endlessly, it just it, it turns you off and you yeah. go and find something else. For you.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and what are your thoughts about hiring bias in in the workplace? Uh, well, I mean,
1: so it's interesting. Um, when we have our conferences, we're not uh, we're not a hub for ready to work women of color that will drop everything and go and work at your company at the at the drop of a dime. We are a network of women of color that have sales skills and are excited about the industry. So that means it's an opportunity for a recruiter or a hiring manager to widen their network, whether or not they've got the right job, whether or not they're the right person. Yeah. Um, if you're following them, if you if you meet someone at my conference and you're following them on LinkedIn, and then you're meeting up with them for coffee, now your network is no longer homogenous. So that actually allows you to be a better recruiter and a better hiring hiring manager for someone else. It may not be for that person, but just in general. But what I find is recruiters and networking events will come to diverse conferences and not try to grow their personal network. And so they still hire from the same people and they're still associating themselves with the same groups of people. And that's probably why it's so clogged up right now. Um, If you're open to having friends and colleagues from different cultures, from different backgrounds, then you're just more of an inclusive leader altogether and you have less of a hiring bias. But I find that, um, especially with recruiters that are on a timeline to hire, they're less likely to think about their network and less likely to scrutinize who's in their circle.
0: That was very insightful. Very, very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, You know, I think one of the areas of frustration um, is that you know you see all these companies out there that are talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion and how important it is to their organizations. And yet when you peel back the onions and you look at their board of directors, or you know, maybe the organizations that they're sponsoring or donating to, or you know, it just, it, you know, there's the disconnect, right, between um, saying that they're interested in DE&I and, and actually delivering on it. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, we can work on building the pipeline, but unless we begin to address some of these culture issues, I'm worried that all we're going to be doing is filling empty buckets because women are not going to stay not going to tolerate it right so is that is that what something you've seen or is that something that you address i'm addressing it from a different angle so yes okay.
1: that is something that we've seen and um for our audience it the undercurrent is systemic racism unfortunately mm-hmm. i mean these struck the structures that we're discussing especially um Let's take tech out of it. Um, That non-tech businesses that may have been around for hundreds of years, there's so much built-in bias in the actual organization that I am not taking on that particular challenge. I'm creating a safe haven for women that have made it in these organizations that can, you know, put up with, unfortunately, what they have to put up with day to day but can let their hair down when they're with us and find authenticity and sisterhood when they're with us. Um, I hope, I mean, our commitment is that we will touch 30,000 and affect 30,000 women by 2028. That is our commitment. Um, and we hope to approach it from that angle because some yeah. of these institutions are older than, than all of us combined. And, and it's I'm- like
0: pick your battles, right? Like, where do you want to, fo- where do you want to focus your, your attention? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And and so to get from where, you know, the the community and not just, you know, sisters and sales, but uh, you know, it's going to require an effort to begin getting more young women of color into the pipeline, right? I mean, that's it. I mean, you're not going to go from A to Z in what you said 2028 20, so that's in the next 6 years you want to go to 30,000 um you know what do you see that colleges and universities can do to um to do a better job at um positioning sales as as a career option for for you know women of color cuz i mean unless we get you got to grow the the pie, right? Yeah, it, absolutely. Well, first,
1: I'd like to commend the work that you're doing because I think that's a very important work um, that allows organizations like myself and other organizations that tend to attract mid to senior level women to find us um, through your work. Um, secondly, I, you know, um, the colleges themselves need to value sales as a major bring in executive saleswomen as keynotes. Um, When we go through our keynote process, we are selecting and looking at some of the best sales executives around. And we find that they are not common household names. Um, And we find that to be a problem because if a collegiate um, woman is a collegiate age woman is looking at sales and is not getting exposure to all of the amazing um, sales executives around, then she does not have a North Star until it may be too late. So how do we tell the stories of these women who have made, made it in the industry and how do we, how do we bring them to college campuses? And talk and have them talk to the students directly because some of that gap, some of that um, information gap is there.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And actually, that was really the basis behind the book, right? Heels to Deals um, was, you know, but but we were talking about representation earlier, right? What better way uh, for a uh, collegiate age young woman? to make a decision about a potential career in sales than to see other women that, you know, um, that look like her, um, who are in the top of her field, right? And I think it's so important. Um, uh, And so we were really intentional. I was really intentional, you know, in terms of looking at diversity across so many different, um, areas, um, so that different voices could be represented. Right. And so, um, I'm really excited to share those stories. Your story was amazing, by the way. So thank you.
1: Thank you. And I'm excited that this exists because we need to give, um, these women a, a spotlight and I'm so excited for the inspiration that will come out of this.
0: Yeah, I do too. So what um, advice would you give to, um, you know, a young woman who may be listening to this, who may not think that sales is for them or that there's, you know, a, an opportunity for them to be successful? What advice would you give?
1: Well, I think a couple of things. Identify where you feel powerful right now in your life do you feel powerful creating something do you feel powerful evangelizing about something are you so excited to share news or growth with your friends or with your family those are all soft skills um, that a sales career will continue to strengthen i also think do not be discouraged if you're not extroverted there are so many thoughtful introverted sellers out there. It's more about what gives you excitement and power. And if you feel energy from the from these motions, then not only will you thrive in sales, but you'll actually really love it um, versus other things.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And I'll tell you, you know, we've interviewed hundreds of young women as a part of our launch. And one of the biggest um or most common themes that I hear is oh well after oh sales is sleazy um and I'm not that person right is um well no sales is not for me because I don't have the personality uh for it and you know I'm an introvert or I'm shy or I'm analytic or you know whatever and, and I don't know in girls who sell academy we teach you that that's actually your superpower and that, you know, there are so many different kinds of jobs and some of the best salespeople I know are people who are really good listeners and who are, are interviewed, you know, introverted, but they're just, you know, they know how to build relationships and, I don't know. So I'm with you on that one. Right. Like I think I think that more education of around that and the kinds of um, career opportunities that are available in sales. There's a place for everybody, don't you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, With a little bit of self-awareness, monitoring how you feel when you do certain things, it'll lead you to it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Chantel, thank you so much for your time today. I know you're incredibly busy. Um, I know you have a a great conference coming up in September. So, um, this will be released before that. So, if you would like to do a quick plug on the conference and how people can get a hold of you, that'd be great.
1: Absolutely. So, um, first and foremost, thank you again for having me on your show. Um, The conference will be in September in New York City. September, 2022. And we invite allies and women of color to attend. To learn more, you can go to our site at sistersandsales.com. And you can email me directly at Chantel at sistersandsales.com. Thank you so much. This was really awesome. And I'm so proud of all the work Girls Who Sell is doing as well.
0: Thank you so much, Chantel. I appreciate it. And I'll you'll definitely see me there in September. Awesome, can't wait. wait.